two archery whitetail hunts coming your way. You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tedford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That, that helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. I'm staring into his eyes, blood's dripping off of its tines, mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock, you know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him, and we just ran at this elephant. Just a quick note before we get into the podcast, I have been focusing on trying to deliver a much higher quality of audio to all of you as the audience. However, this clip with Link, the story with Link, the audio is not the best. The stories are absolutely hilarious, and that is why I chose to still air them. However, the audio is not the best, so I do apologize for that. Well, I've had a lot more failures than I have success. <laughs> I mean, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, I've always uh I've always thought that uh you never learn from success but you always learn from failure. So <laughs> Unfortunately, right? Yeah. No, let's see some failures. Okay, here here's a good one. All right, this is this can be one for a lot of the like upcoming archers and hunters or you know, somebody getting into archery, something like that here you know, this year, whatever. Um, when I first started bow hunting, and I don't really tell this story a whole lot because it's quite embarrassing. When I first started <laughs> bow hunting, all right, I guarantee you that I missed, I missed five deer in three days, and I missed the same deer twice. <laughs> That's right. a good one. That's a good one. It's good. It's good. And I mean, I'll start from the beginning because this was a whole hunting trip. And, uh, I mean, oh my God, I, I had just bought this, just bought this bow. And I mean, my first shot at, at, at a buck completely missed, just butt with the whole thing. So I get out, I, I drive all the way to North Carolina, friends of mine's place. And I usually leave around midnight, get there at seven o'clock, right about as the sun's coming up. So I just throw on the camo and go out in the woods. You know, I know where everything's at, been going up there for years. So throw on the camo, go sit in the stand. I'm not in the stand 15 minutes. It's starting to break daylight. And this, and a nice buck that, and we didn't have any cameras up, so it was actually quite a quite a nice surprise. I mean, it, it, it couldn't have been more off TV if you had if you had gave this deer a damn script and he actually read it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this this buck comes out of the pine thicket and he's right underneath my stand. And then he turns, walks away, and then there's there's a, a a pine sapling, you know, between me and him at this point. I'm like, this is perfect. Like he's gonna walk right out into this lane right here. I'm gonna draw my bow while he's behind this tree, and I'll hold it till he steps out. As soon as he's clear, wham, you know, wham. I like it. Oh yeah, he he, he steps out. I got my bow drawn back, pretty as you please. He steps out. You know, I'm st- I'm standing there, and I don't know. It, it it was like as soon as that buck stepped out, like I got I got a case of the vibrates. You know, I mean I, I started shaking, <laughs> and uh, and it was and I was sitting in an, in an old rickety tripod stand, 
And uh, that son of a gun heard the damn boat rattle on that damn seat I was sitting in. I mean, my <laughs> damn leg was going crazy. And I and that buck, he was stood there perfectly broadside, and it seemed like an hour, but it was probably like 15 seconds. Yeah, and I shot that, and I saw my arrow just go right directly underneath him. Broke my heart. You know, I was like, man, this sucks. You know. So, recruit from that. The very next day, and we'll we'll continue with the failure part of the story. <laughs> I go back to the same spot. All right. Bad luck. I bump the buck when I go in there. You know, so I'm like, oh, damn. You know, I'll sit here anyway and see if some old slick nanny goat comes out, and I'll just shoot her, you know, to get my first bow kill out of the way, you know, and then we'll be good to go. Then I won't have the jitters so bad. Well, these does come out. So I'm sitting there, you know, all nice and calm and everything. And I actually have this on film, actually. My friend William was there. He, he was filming it. He was sitting on the ladders of the tripod stand. So he zooms in on this doe. And, man, that you and I shot under the buck the morning before, and then I shot over this doe. And, and I'm talking <laughs> less than 25 yards. <laughs> I can't say anything. I missed an entire elk. And for those of you that don't have never hunted elk before, that's like the size of a damn Volkswagen, and I missed him at 35 yards. So I can't well, say much. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I, hey, I guarantee you, the first time I draw back on an elk, I'm liable to miss or I'll hit him in the ass or something. I'm going to have to, a big <laughs> I'm gonna have to throw a machete at him or something. <laughs> you shoot one of those Valkyrie broadheads, and you'll be all right. Yeah, there you go. It's one of those damn spears. All right, so I missed that, though. All right, so that's two days in a row. Missed the deer. All right, so then we're in another piece of property, and we're when we're sitting, and, j- and just to set the scenario, all right, we're sitting on a power line, and in North Carolina, it's legal to bait in that area. So, you know, we got a corn pile out there. You know, I marked it off perfect. It's at 26 yards right at the center of the corn pile. So we're sitting there, and it's this old two-by-four handmade, you know, ladder stand. So William and I are both sitting in it because we were filming it. And, and this has been years ago, you know. So um, we're sitting there, and this little – this little little four point little fork corn comes walking out, and you know I'm not going to shoot a little four point. You know, it's a little young deer, and he turned. Well, somebody had clipped him with a truck or something. He had like a big hole in the top of his shoulder blade. You know, I was like, oh, well, we'll just go ahead and shoot him. You know, and plus it'll be my first deer with a bow, and I'll get some of these jitters out. Right? <laughs> so I stand up, and, we, and you can hear William in the camera. I stand up on this platform. And my left leg starts vibrating so bad. You can hear William in the camera saying, dude, you've got to quit shaking. I can't hold the camera still. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sitting there, and I've got the case of the vibrates, and I I miss that deer. Okay, and I'm just like, God almighty, you know, this is getting ridiculous. I've missed three deer in three days. So this stupid little buck, he he runs off about, oh, 40-so yards, stops, looks around, and he creeps right back up to the corn pile. I'm like, okay, you know, second time this is going to do it. And I butt whiffed him a second time. I missed the same year twice in probably 15 minutes. <laughs> There's no lie. Like, I cannot make this up. This is terrible. It's terrible. And I hope I hope everybody gets a good laugh or at least can relate to this. I know everybody feels so bad about missing the deer, which I'd rather clean miss one than shoot one bad. So I consider myself lucky that I was shaking so bad and actually just completely butt whiffed, you know. And I, that this deer, no lie, was standing in exactly the same spot when I missed him the second time. Because when we climbed down and I picked up my arrows, there was no more than two feet of difference where my arrows were stuck into the ground. 
and William is just he's just shaking his head, he's laughing, you know. So, so then I got I started getting the nickname. We, you know, we was back at at, his, at camp and everything, and his daddy was there, and he was boy, he was laughing and, and jawing on me, you know. He he said I, he he said shaky pudding. I'm like, do what? He said. He said, I have dubbed you Shaky Pudding. He said, you can't shoot a damn deer because you shake so bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. So I, I count that deer twice. So that's four deer that I missed in three days. You know, I mean, it was absolutely horrendous. It was terrible. So and which and every once in a while, you know, I'll hit a limb now again and you know miss a deer or something, trying to squeeze one through the brush or something like that, but. God Almighty! When I first started out, I almost quit. I was so depressed and so <laughs> been out of shape about missing these deer, especially missing the save boy twice in fifteen minutes. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this. I'm gonna lay this bow on the asphalt. And I'm gonna run over it with this one ton truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, hey. what what exactly do you feel was you know just because you'd never shot a deer you'd never been that close or what what did you feel was the whole i don't know what was making you so nervous well like i all through growing up i you know with my dad and my granddad taking me hunting i'd always hunted with a rifle or or a shotgun with buckshot you know i, I started off with buckshot um or uh uh um, you know, just to make sure that I hit the deer. That's what, that's what dad's main thing was. You know, hey, you're going to carry buckshot. We're going to be within 40 yards of this deer, so you put it right there, and even if you shake a little bit, you're still at least going to hit it and kill it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, so I killed my very first deer, you know, with buckshot, and then, you know, killed my killed the next deer with a rifle. So I, I hunted with a rifle all through, you know, my early teenage years. And in all honesty... Let's see, my very first bow that I got, Dad bought me my first bow when I was 13 years old, and it was an old Browning Mirage Hunter. And I hunted and hunted and hunted, and I never got even close enough to kill a deer with that bow when I was a kid, you know, because I didn't know anything about bow hunting. You know, I'd, I'd read the magazines and stuff like that about bow hunting and how to stalk up on the deer and all this kind of stuff. I just never got a chance to shoot a deer with a bow, so I just kind of quit for quite a few years when I was a kid. And uh-huh. just back to the rifle. You know, I'm like, shit, this deer's, you know, 80 yards out there. I got my rifle. I'll shoot that bastard, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, this, this bow, screw this bow. I'll leave this thing in the closet. <laughs> and um, so, what, let's see, because I, I, I'm 30 years old now. I really didn't get into bow hunting until I was probably 19, 20 years old. Because, um, I got I broke I got the old bow out started shooting a little bit I was bound and determined to kill a deer you know with that bow and then you know I had not kept up with the technology of the bows or anything like that I was at, at 19 years old I was still shooting a Browning Mirage Hunter with an XX75 Eastern Arrow shaft I mean that's mm-hmm. like like throwing a pine log at a deer you know? <laughs> so, so I'm like if I, if going, you know so I went I went and spent the money. You know, I got me a nice bow, went and and it got the whole setup, you know, ready to rock and roll, you know. And uh, it t- it took me it took me two deer seasons before I actually killed a deer, because that that very first season that I missed those four deer in five days or three days, whatever. 
when, when I was missing those deer, I'm like, you know, F this. This, this is for the birds, you know. This sucks, you know. And, uh, but it is like, as far as, well, I can add some success to it, too, because I failed so horribly at, try, at shoot, trying to shoot a deer with a bow. I shot every single day. Like, I'd get off from work, I'd shoot. During my lunch break, I would shoot. You know, there are a lot of times in the summer I'd wake up early, early in the morning right at daybreak and I would shoot. You know, I would shoot sometimes altogether maybe 100-plus shots in a day. Uh-huh. Know, shooting, and shooting, and then I would read more about it and study about it, and, you know, and, you know, posture and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. You know, a lot of the archers, they already know all that, you know, what you need to do to do it. And, man, I trained myself to be, I mean, dead nut with a bow. You know, I was I, I would shoot constantly 60, 70 yards. You know, that way when I got to 20 yards, it would be a chip shot. And I finally broke the ice and killed my first deer with a bow. And get my dog's in my face. What the fuck? And my, my bulldog has terrible breath. I had to move. <laughs> um, but uh, so the failure part turned into a success, you know, as far as that goes. Because, I mean, I was... Like I, I, you know, I said it earlier. I was so down in the dumps because I could not hit a deer because I would just shake so bad. I'd pull out the rifle, I'd go kill five deer, no big deal. You know, I'd killed deer with a rifle all my life. You know, but but that that's that's why I'm predominantly a bow hunter now is because it, it still gives me that adrenaline rush. You know, and that and a lot of times it don't even have to be a buck. You know, I could be sitting there and like a big you know big slick head nanny goat comes walking out and I'm like, yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> you know. So as soon as I make that decision that I'm fixing to fling a stick at her, you know, I get a little bit pumped up, you know, and you start breathing a little heavy, the heart starts pounding a little bit, you know, and with a rifle, you know, it, it's, it's still exciting with a rifle, but I don't get it out of, you know, I don't get with a rifle what I get with a bow, so that's why I predominantly bow hunt nowadays, you know. Yeah. So, and I've killed, I've killed a ton of does, you know, with a bow. I've killed a lot of bucks. You know, uh, stuff like that. I'm, you know, I'm now, I've never shot a, a large buck, you know, like you and I were talking, you know, earlier. I, I've never shot a, a, you know, like a wall-worthy buck, you know, that I'd want to show off in the house. I've killed a bunch of deer. But um, I'm still looking for that big trophy. I have that problem of, you know, kind of like it's, if it's the first, if I've been sitting there for two hours and ain't seen nothing, the first deer that walks out, it's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, or it's like a spike horn buck or something like that. If, if he's over two years old, or it's a doe, it's going to die pretty much. <laughs> All righty. Which, yeah, you know. But I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> no, hey, I, I, I'll draw some blood. I'll draw some blood. I like to eat them too much to let them walk by. Right. <laughs> yeah. But. But no, it's um. But yeah, that was definitely a failure story that that turned into success. I'll have to do that, yeah, because I was not going to give up until I killed a deer with a bow. And that's awesome, you know. I think. What in the heck? I think. Uh, I think a lot of people go through it, you know, and they're like, "Yeah, well, I failed. Now what?" You know. And rather than I don't know what the what the best word for it would be, but rather than, for lack of a better term, rather than being such a pansy, yeah, you know, rather than you know, seriously like being a pansy and quitting and giving up right away, you continued 
you said, hey, you know, there's there's one thing that I can control, and I can control how good of a shot that I am. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that that's, like, what what more could you have honestly done? You know, it's not like, it's not like you could have gone and tied the deer up or something. I mean, I've tried, and it doesn't really work all that well. Um, I know. I tried to rope one off a four-wheeler one time, and <laughs> it didn't turn out good for anybody that was on the four-wheeler. <laughs> I, I haven't actually tried that, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> the, the, the irrigation ditch in that peanut field came up way faster than we thought it was going to, but we'll save that story. <laughs> Some other podcast time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, so um Well yeah, but but I mean you kinda had a choice there. You know, you could have been like, Yeah, well, I'm gonna be done here and I'm not shooting anymore and yada 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 or you did what you did and decided to fix the issue and get better. And, and that's, in my opinion, uh, a lot more respectable. Um, but, too, it's just, I don't know. You just well, decided. I mean, decided I was a kid, you know, it's like dad, dad's pushed me to the limits, you know, to where I'm like, oh, my God, I hate you. you know, but <laughs> as you get older, you kind of realize why they do stuff like that, you know, like, I hate not being good at anything. It could be a game of horseshoes or ping pong or tic-tac-toe. I don't care. Like, I'm going to win. <laughs> you know, and I'm at least going to be good at it, you know. So there's always somebody better at something. You know, you can't be the best at every single thing. Well, I guess you could, but, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I, I cannot stand to give up. I cannot stand to lose. I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me that that I am the most arrogant SOB they've ever met in their life. And I'm like, I don't try to be arrogant. You know, I just try to be good at everything. Yeah, I am OCD about sucking at anything I do. You know, like even even what I do for a living, like I'm a farrier for a living. You know that because you came down here to, to horseshoeing school down here, and that's how we met down here in Georgia, you know, at the horseshoeing school. So. You know, even even in working, you know, I could be shoeing a horse or teaching a class, you know, about shoeing a horse or building a fence. I don't care what it is. You know, it's playing Jenga. So I'm not going to be the one that knocks over the Jenga tower because I'm not going to suck. Everybody else, y'all can suck. I'm not going to suck. <laughs> you know, but it's just it's just one of those things. Like, I hate being bad at anything. So it, it, it's like it, instead of instead of like discouraging me and me quitting as far as the the archery and the bow hunting and everything, like it really pissed me off. So I mean, I like I said, you know, I, I started shooting every day, you know, and I was a crack shot. I mean, you know, not to I like I can you know rob you know I don't shoot the same spot anymore on my target because I'm tired of screwing up twelve dollar arrows, you know. So, but like the biggest thing. You know, when when I was doing that, I was like, okay, I'm a good shot with a bow, but I have got to control my emotions when this deer comes out because, you know, all my mechanics were good, but I would just get tore up from the floor up. 
you know, about this damn four-legged animal standing in front of me that I was trying to kill. Oh, you wait till I'll come, buddy. I said you wait till elk hunting. It's just you're just gonna be like, what the heck is going on with me? I know it. I hope I hope he's point blank. I hope he actually comes and sniffs my broadhead so I can just shoot him in the eyeball. <laughs> that would that that would do that would do. I literally and and what actually I don't know if this actually is what got me over it or what it was. The very first deer I killed. I was sitting in a lock-on stand, and I made sure that, you know, that trail that I was sitting on, when I when, the way I was sitting in that stand, I said, I'm not going to stand up shoot this deer. I'm going to sit down while I'm shooting this deer. Because my my left leg, I swear to God, like you could have put a radar gun on it, and it would have been going Mach 4. I literally, I sat down. I did not stand up when I shot my first deer. And once I shot that deer... Yeah, I still get excited about it. My second deer, I mean, I was excited, but I stood up. My legs didn't shake or nothing. I just I just took that edge right off, you know, by putting that arrow through that first deer. And it was a doe. I didn't care what it was. I mean, it could have been, you know, whatever. could have been a spike buck. I was going to shoot something. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it turned out to the good. I mean, you know, I've, I've been out there hunting with you in Wyoming, you know, a few times now, and and, uh, you know, uh, got a couple of fine antelope, you know, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, got my got my kills down and, you know, I'm, I feel good about it. You know, but but like you say, though, that uh, that Volkswagen with that, you know, that giant rack is going to be a little different. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for sharing a story in which you had a failure. So and, and it turned into a success, you know. So it's kind of a kind of a catch twenty two, I guess you could say. Well, there you have it. Several of Link's stories. That guy just absolutely cracks me up. Um, I hope that the audio wasn't too bad. I hope you guys aren't too hard on the reviews when it comes to reviewing my podcast and the audio for this episode. But I don't know. Maybe maybe my my sense of humor is just a little bit off. I don't know. But I find Link and his stories absolutely hilarious, and I hope you guys found them equally as funny. Now let's go ahead and jump into Andy Kreider's story. Um, I'm telling you right now, it's a story that I've never even heard of this happening to someone. So I hope that I hope that you enjoy the story and find it as interesting as I did. So I guess I could share the one, um, my 2013 buck where his antlers flew off. That's a pretty cool story. Oh man, that is crazy. <laughs> have you ever had that happen? Have I, you ever had that happen to you? So I have, I, but it was because I was shooting a deer with a rifle and I thought he was a lot farther away than he was. And I shot yeah. and I actually clipped the back of his skull and it then it exited through half of his antler and just knocked him out. Oh. Yeah, so I go walking up there, and I'm like, man, I can't believe I just dropped that deer. Because I was thinking it was like a 400-yard shot. Well, it turns out it was like 250, 220, so that's why I hit it in the back of the skull. And that thing just drops, you know, and I go walking up there. And I go to, uh, go to like grab one of his antlers and start dragging him, you know what I mean? Um, cause I was mm -hmm. up on, I was skyline. I just wanted to drag him down a little bit farther so that I wasn't skylined. 
And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, my arm starts jerking, and this thing starts kicking, and I was just like, what is happening? And uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, then obviously, you know, uh, did what I needed to do to ethically put it down and everything like that. But, man, that was crazy. I'm telling you. And then, <laughs> and then it started kicking so hard, the one antler that the bullet went halfway through broke off in my hand, and it was crazy. I ended up super gluing it back on for my mount. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so my 20, my 2013 bow season, well, my whole deer season. So our bow season here in Missouri, it starts sep- usually around September 15th, the middle of September, and it goes through like the middle of November. And then we switch to rifle season for like two weeks. And then it'll go back to bow for a little while, and then it'll start uh, muzzleloader in December. You can hunt with either a bow or with a muzzleloader. I, I want to say it's maybe 10 days in December. And then it goes back to bow again until, like, the middle of January. So I started bow hunting, you know, around September. I didn't really have much luck up until November. I was I took a week vacation um, to hunt, like, around the rut. Awesome. And one one day it was um, cold front was coming through, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to sit in my tree stand all day because it just felt like it was going to be a really good day. So I did. The morning time, it wasn't um, very eventful. I don't even think I saw a deer at all in the morning. But I decided I'm going to stay in the same spot. I just had a really good feeling about this spot. So it was really windy that day. You know, the front was moving through and I put on a camo scarf and I'll come back to that here in a second. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'll come back to that part in a second. So anyways, I'm sitting in my tree stand and I look to my left and I see a dog chasing a deer <laughs> right beside me. I'm hunting in like a food plot. One, well, one of our big food food plots about five acres or so and it's kind of surrounded by woods and the deer will bed you know in these woods and then come out to feed in the food plot so anyways so I I look to my left and I see this dog a deer just some random dog down the food plot beside me I was like you've got to be kidding me I just knew it was going to ruin my hunt and he chased that deer into the woods right where they were bedding where I knew they were bedding so I was like man my hunt is just going to be ruined I just knew it I was so mad so anyways, here a couple minutes later, the buck that I was after, I've been watching, you know, of course, on my trail cameras. And I knew immediately when this buck walked out, that was the one that I wanted. And he come out of the woods, that dog had scared him out. And then I thought, well, I know that dog is going to come and chase him off. And I'm not going to get a shot at it. But the dog didn't come back. So that was good. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so that buck walks out and I get ready to shoot. Uh, he is 25 yards broadside. It's just the perfect shot. And I drew my bow back and he, you know, he didn't see me, had no clue I was there. So I draw my bow back. And as soon as I did, the wind just really, really picked up. And that stupid scarf that I had on was blowing <laughs> like crazy. It was blowing in my eyes. It kind of came unwrapped, I think. And it was blowing in my eyes and it was getting like in the cams of my bows. Like I was, I was afraid to shoot because I was afraid who know, you know, it might mess up the flight of my arrow. And for one, I couldn't see anyways, hardly. Gotcha. So, yeah. So I just held it there. I didn't, I was afraid to let it down. 
um, I really was afraid that he might see me. So I just, I held it and was trying to be as still as I could until I, I could kind of see around my scarf <laughs> that he <laughs> made his way <laughs> on, um, and just, you know, went on. And, um, anyways, so I let my bow down finally, once I knew he wouldn't see me and I was just, I was so mad at myself. So note to self, wear a neck gaiter, don't wear a scarf when you're hunting. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> So I was just so mad at myself. So that was that was right before rifle season started. And then rifle season came, and I was in my favorite stand, kind of in the same area. And I saw this buck again, but he was in on the other side of the wood line with a doe. And they, they never did come out, and I couldn't get a clear shot at him uh, there in the woods. So I was kind of disappointed. I didn't see him again rifle season. I, I didn't see you know, any other buck that I wanted to shoot either. Um, so then I, I bow hunted, you know, of course, some more after that in between that and muzzleloader season and uh, muzzleloader season came in December and I see this buck again and he was broadside 150 yards and I shot at him, but I completely missed. I mean, I just shot completely underneath him and <sighs> At that point, I was just, I was so upset with myself. I was so mad. And of course, and I gave myself scope eye too, to top it all off. Oh no. I, I was just, I kind of had a little meltdown from the stand. I was just, man, I was mad at myself, you know, for letting that happen. Cause I was like, man, no, I've seen this book so many times and I've messed it up each time. So I just knew, I was like, man, I'm just, I'm not going to get a deer this season. And, and I, uh, I had gotten a deer, I think every season up until that point. And so I was not happy that, you know, I may not get a deer that year. Yeah. I so bet not. I was, no, I was not, I was not happy. I, uh, I kind of had a little of a bad attitude after that for a couple weeks. I was just, I didn't even go hunting. I don't think for a couple <sighs> weeks. I was just, I, I think just put too much pressure on myself, you know, but anyways, so the end of bow season came. It was like January 12th. I think the season actually ended on the 13th. Oh, that's and the, late. That was my last. That's like winter, late, winter. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And so what's crazy about this is um, it was really, really warm that day. And it had been really, really cold all season long, um, really snowy and icy that year, just really cold. But on the 12th, I think it was January 12th, my last day to hunt, it was um, like in the 60s, I think, and really windy, really, really super windy day. And I really didn't think, you know, it was going to be a good day at all. But I kind of had a little bit of a better attitude, you know, at that point. I had I had come to terms with the fact that I might not even get a deer that year, <laughs> and I was okay with that. So I was like, I might as well go out, you know, on the last day. And so I did. And I wasn't even in the stand I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, and I hear leaves crunching behind me, and I look behind me, and here's this buck again. And I was not going to let him get away, <laughs> not this time. So um, I, I'm in a different spot. I was hunting um, over one of our other big food plots um, planted in turnips, and that had been a really good um, spot that season because it was so cold, you know, and so icy, and the, the turnips were just, you know, the best food source that we had. And so, um, anyway, so he, 
was walking towards the turnips and um, I draw my bow back and he kind of stops and he was just still way too close. I couldn't even shoot. He was way too close. So I just held it. He kind of started walking. So I just held it and then he turned broadside 20 yards and I shot him and I made a good shot. I, I could tell it was like a double lung shot. And so what's really cool is after I shot him, you know, he jumped up and as he came back down, his antlers just flew off of his head. I mean, they landed like a good five feet apart from each other and he took off running and that was just really cool. <laughs> I, oh, I don't think you all probably have that again. That is insane. So you literally yeah. drew back and you shot this thing and it took off running and the horns popped off when it took off running. The antlers just, I mean, just flew off of its head. <laughs> it, was, it was just crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. It, I, yeah. Were you kind of disheartened? Were you like, damn it, my deer horns just fell off? No, I was just kind of like, man, what the heck just happened? Like, did this really just happen? Did I really actually get my buck? And then I was just like, man, what happened? Like, is it, I was just like, wow, I was, I didn't really know what to think. I mean, I was so really happy to get that buck and, um, he didn't run far. Um, I, I, I think, like I said before, I, I waited a good 30 minutes. I knew I made a good shot, but I, I waited a good 30 minutes before I even got down and looked at my arrow, you know, and all that, or, or got my antlers, you know, <laughs> but um anyways he only ran about 80 yards and um let me tell you doing the pictures later you know with that buck it was kind of tricky holding those antlers up because I, I took pictures of it and you really you cannot tell that he that it, he lost his antlers I mean we held them on I held them on there for the pictures and you wouldn't even know it you know if um you wouldn't even know it just by looking at the pictures so <sighs> That is so crazy. I I can't even imagine, you know, because I in Wyoming, basically for buck deer, the latest we can hunt is November, you know. So my oh. story, my story, the reason the horn broke off is because I hit it in the antler. You know what I mean? So it actually falling off because they're ready to fall off. It just doesn't oh, happen yeah. in Wyoming, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but you know, I'm. I'm kind of glad the season went the way it did, you know, because if I would have got that deer back in November, I wouldn't have learned anything new that season. I kind of needed to be humbled a little bit, I think, from all my my mishaps and misses. I mean, I learned a lot more that season. That was probably my most educational season to date. So That's awesome. So, you know, it sounds like there was definitely a lot of ups and downs with was what archery hunting does to you, you know? So what was it just the, your, you know, your driving, your determination that kept you pushing forward until you were successful? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, like I said, though, I did kind of there for a while. I, I just got kind of a bad attitude, kind of pouty, you know, a little bit that, thinking, well, this is my first season that I'm not going to get a deer, you know, and I was just not happy about that. I was like, you know what, this is stupid. I've been so fortunate to get a deer every season, and if I don't get one this season, fine, you know. Who says I have to get one every year? And so I was like, this is this is just stupid to, to even act like this, you know. So I was just like, 
I'm going to go. My husband didn't even go the last day of the season, but I'm like, I'm going to go. And, you know, I can't get anything by sitting on the couch and pouting. So, you know, I was just, I, I, I kind of, I don't know that it was necessarily determination. It was just kind of like, I don't really have anything to lose at this point. I might as well go, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I do. I understand. I understand that completely. Well, that's awesome. I'm, it's, it's always nice when you bust your butt and it ends up in, in shooting an animal, even when the, even when the animal takes off and, and the antlers fall off as it's running away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I like it. Once again, thank you so much for hopping on the show sharing such a great story i haven't had a single person share a story like that so i really appreciate it oh you're welcome thanks for having me thank you for tuning into the show it means a lot to us but seriously though i really appreciate your ear and it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast if you didn't like it one star it but if you did a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney, and Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders. Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.